Hey Radio Nonsense listeners, if your grotty bleaters, sorry, grown-ups, want to help support this podcast, then they can sign you up to the Linda Edition via Apple Podcasts or Acast Plus. The Linda Edition is a version of this very show where adverts appear as often as Linda does, which is never. Yes, including this annoying advert at the beginning. You'll also get the podcast a whole day earlier than everyone else, and you never know, if enough people sign up, there might be bonus content too. Get those grotty bleaters to hit the button on Apple Podcasts, or find the confusing link in the podcast blurb to do it on Acast+. Plus. Linda? You hear that, Linda? You have your own edition of the show, Linda? You are listening to... Comedy Club for Kids presents... Hello and welcome to Radio Nonsense, the official comedy club for kids podcast for all ages from <coughs> to <laughs> and everything in between. Um, I know I might sound a bit strange on this week's show, but I promise it's me, Tiernan. It's just... Well, you see, uh, I got an email hand-delivered by... Hang on a second. <laughs> I got an email hand-delivered by Yak Express this week from, and get this, the Comedy Club for Lids. I hadn't actually heard of them before when I looked them up. And yes, they just do comedy clubs and podcasts for um, lids, you know, that fit on top of things. I mean, yeah, it sounds weird, but I guess I'd not heard of it because, well... Everything they do gets covered up. So this email asked if I, as a representative of Comedy Club for Kids, would attend their Comedy Club for Lids Big Lid Expo. And I thought, well, what have I got to lose? Except um, well, it's quite hard to get into because it's in this giant Tupperware container. And I thought I had to try and lift the lid to get inside. But it turns out the lid for the expo was actually attending the expo. And uh, he got quite upset with me and the security came and removed me and made me use the door instead. And then they noticed I wasn't wearing a lid and I had to go away and find out. Well, it's it's a hat, but they've sort of said it's like a lid, you see, and they've let me in. So anyway, now I'm here and it's well, it's all lids. Uh, there's a main stage where they're doing a show called Big Lids on Small Pans. And then there's a seminar on how to make sure as a lid that you fit properly and don't let things leak into a bag because that's really annoying. Um, and then there's stalls selling accessories such as labels. So you know what's in the container when you're a lid in the freezer. Hello, dear. Oh, 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 <clears throat> oh he- hello. What you doing? Um, I'm just, I'm just looking at lid things. Is this your first time at the Big Lid Expo? Well, uh, y- yes, it is. I'm not really sure what what to do. Actually, I've never been here before. It's it's quite overwhelming as someone that doesn't really know about the world of lids. Well, I'm Jimmy Lid, and let me tell you, here there is everything about lids: jar lids, screw top lids, flip top lids. Bottle lids, some people call them caps, but lids is what they is. Eyelids, things that's a lid, chromosome lids. What, what are, what are chromosome lids? It's a leaf beetle. They have a stall at the back where they show you five different ways to eat leaves. And they sell their own special leaf smoothies. Oh, wow. Why don't you take a look around and I'll do the admin bits on your podcast for you so you can have a nice time at this Big Lid Expo. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Uh, oh, I will. I'll take you up on that. Okay, um, listeners, I'll leave you in, in the hands of, of... He doesn't really have hands. He's, he's a lid. 
in the, in the hands of, of Jimmy Lid and um, go have a bit of a look around it. I'll see you in a bit. Oh, thank goodness he's gone. Well, hello, Radio Nonsense. Thank you for sending things in. Um, I snuck into CC4K HQ and I read all your nice emails and texts. <laughs> Don't tell Dan and I snuck in. Keep a lid on it, yeah. This week, I'm just here to tell you that there's still time to win the Upro prizes from previous week's shows. And, of course, if you want to ask any questions on the show or send in any jokes, please ask your drafty grunge faces. I'm sorry, grown-ups. To help you email us at podcast at comedyclubforlids.co.uk. Sorry, I mean, I mean, comedyclubforkids.co.uk. You don't want to email that stuff to my podcast. I'm only interested in questions about lids and being a lid and doing things for lids. Thanks. I also heard you got a real nice radio nonsense live show happening in London at the South Bank Centre on October 26th. And that's going to be so much fun. Look at the types of lids live, fitting into different containers like... Oh no, sorry, it'll be your questions live to Tiernan and guests. You can get tickets at southbankcentre.co.uk or in the link in this podcast blurb. And you know we got other Comedy Club for Lids, I'm <laughs> sorry, kids, shows at comedyclubforkids.co.uk and you can buy a lid, I mean t-shirt, or the book on how to be a lid, I mean do comedy at comedyclubforkids.store. Now, I've got this week's importers bid in this here jar. Let me just pop the lid. What a joy to have joining me on Radio Nonsense today, the mighty Ben Vandervel, a.k.a. Beaver Diva Doo Da Dee Doo, Ben Ben with the strength of a single but very, very powerful hen, and as all our listeners in Iceland will know you, Seer Samprumpa in Istormen. But of course, many will know you for the time you defended the village from a very angry swarm of paperclips, for successfully but unintentionally travelling the entire globe in a Peppa Pig coin-operated ride, and most famously for inventing an app that lets you know at all times when you're within 15 feet of a kiwi fruit. Ben, it is so lovely to have you on the show again. How are you doing? Uh, I'm very good indeed, Tian, and thank you very much for having me here and for reading out the top row of my CV. Uh, obviously, there's pages and pages of this, mm. but you've just taken a, a little sliver of uh, what, I, what I commit my time to. Yes, well, I was worried. I, you know, I did have the whole CV here, but I was worried that I think listeners would get upset if the podcast became more than six or seven hours long. Yeah. Because yeah. you've just achieved so much, so much. I, I have, I have. And it's, it, you know, listen, it's sweet of you to put in sort of my lesser achievements so people don't get too intimidated uh, by mm. what I've done. Uh, but I've, I've to, I'm very popular in the Kiwi and the Hen and the Beaver Diva community. Um, be, Beaver Divas, by the way, are uh, absolutely remarkable. It's like drag race, but for um, water-based mammals. Right, yes, that's what that's what I thought, Beaver Diva. But it's an incredibly popular show, especially amongst the kind of uh, woodland and river-based mammal community, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, beavers are seen very much as the most glamorous of the woodland uh, mm. creatures, and they uh, they they build sort of instead of dams, these beavers uh, they build cabaret venues. Of course they do, which I just assume would be would be wonderful. All very, do they build them out of wood, and uh, which I just think would look quite quite lovely. Yeah, they build them out of wood, and then the tricky thing is uh, finding natural based glitter from the forest. Mm. So they have to sort of like get all sorts of different berries and leaves and mash them up. Uh, uh, and uh, gosh, how do you get sparkle? Uh, spider webs, cuckoo spit, and yeah. Oh, yeah, cuckoo uh, crushed spit, yeah. wood lice. 
Um, that's oh, they, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, un, you know, yeah, I, I know Cuckoo Split is incredibly, people don't know that about cookies, but it's often also why you have to be very careful what cuckoo clock you buy, because it could just sort of, uh, every time it, it, you know, on the hour, suddenly a wall's covered in glittery spit. But it, but the, yeah, there are lots of very shiny bugs, um, aren't there? And I, I don't know if maybe a, maybe a tip would be sort of put put a certain food on the on the leaves and it get, gets covered in shiny bugs. Is that a thing? Yeah, well, the shiny bugs are the things that make your Smarties and Skittles really shiny and colourful. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if, you cr- if you crush bugs, then you... Because if you, if you, actually, I don't know if you know this, a lot of beaver divas work at big sweet companies. So mm. if you go down there, there's a lot of beaver divas. They're dressed down. They're not wearing their uh, magnificent hats and jewellery. They're wearing white lab coats glasses they've got clipboards mm. uh, obviously they cut out the wood for the clipboard with their own teeth um they are there uh working on new colors for smarties that's that's amazing that is is that i mean am i, am I right in thinking that pretty much anything glittery that we ever see is basically squashed bugs yeah what 100 percent the so the queen's crown that she wears mm-hmm. that's yeah. all squashed bugs yeah that's what i that's that is what i thought yeah yeah and 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 when sort of kids do glitter at school, that's all just like bits of squash bugs, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, you know, I know it's quite popular uh, in the in the child community uh, to have um, trainers with little glittery uh, things on. I've seen seen a lot of girls with glittery cardigans. All all insects. Which is why um, if you. Uh, are a child or own a child you should be very careful what they wear when you take them to the zoo to the reptile house because if they've got like one of those glittery tops on all of the lizards will just go for it oh wow and then they can just eat their shoes or their face yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There's, that's there's something n- people aren't warned about enough actually they're really not well i'm glad that i could come on this show to give this public information warning because there's there's nothing how can i put it one of the saddest sights in nature is watching a boa constrictor try and fail to digest a glittery shoe. Yeah. Cuz yeah. yeah, just look of look of regret on its on its face. I just can't imagine it would be tasty. I mean, you know, yeah, I was going to think would would the laces be all right? Probably not, not unless they're strawberry laces which are then probably made of another insect. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very complicated scenario. Yeah. It is. Well, also, if you're a snake eating a lace, there's got to be a little bit in your snake brain going, oh, am I doing a cannibalism? Oh, yeah, because is this just a baby snake? Wow. Yeah. I mean, and that these are sad, yeah, sad times for snakes, sad time for, for glittery bugs, because, you know, we're, we're saying this, and there's a bit of me that wonders, there must be campaign groups who, who say, like, protect the glittery bugs, don't don't squish them and eat them. And, you know, and, and, and maybe we could get to a stage where instead of, say, putting glitter in your hair you could just have loads of glittery bugs in your hair that are alive and happy well yeah i mean obviously listeners can't see this but i've got quite big curly hair which is the perfect mm. ecosystem for glittery bugs so That's what I thought yeah oh yeah so so actually like again listeners c- c- can't uh, see this right now but i currently have upwards of ten thousand glittery bugs uh in my hair my hair is acting as kind of like a uh temporary home for them before they can go wow. on to uh, uh, a new be, be rehoused wow that's amazing so is that why your hair because your hair is really really shiny and I just thought maybe I'm speaking to you because you're kind of standing in an incredible pool of light uh, or perhaps you're just sort of radiating goodness but it's actually that you've got absolutely hundreds of thousands of, of, of glittering insects in your hair right now 
I mean, I, I am radiating goodness as well. You can't, mm. you can't act as a halfway house for uh, glittery bugs without having a real smug sense of goodness. Sure, but also, sure, I am crawling in insects. Wow. And is that, like, comfortable? <laughs> On the Sometimes, yes. Yeah, sometimes it's like I'm getting 10,000 tiny little head massages. So sometimes mm. I feel very, very relaxed and zen. Other times, some of the... Uh, bugs are quite pioneering and like to sort of leave my hair and have a little look around and then you know when they're trying to crawl up my nose and in my eyes and in my mouth that's less good so I've had to um you you know if you ever go to like a fun fair and there's the little yellow and black tape that says you're not allowed to go past a certain area so I've had <laughs> yeah. to I've had to tape that over my eyes and my nostrils and my mouth and my ears at all times mm. Just yeah, so well, again, I, I, I saw that. I didn't want to comment on it. I wondered mm. if maybe you just had a very hazardous nose or very <laughs> hazardous ears. I was worried, you know, I was worried something had happened since we last spoke that perhaps meant your nose and ears had become a danger zone, maybe a particularly horrific cold or something. Or, But well, no, that, that's obviously why, yeah. Listen, it, it acts both ways. It's protecting and warning the insects to stay out. And also, since I did get COVID, it just lets the world know and be more aware as well. Of, it could come That's out. Very it, good. It could come out from from any orifice. Wow. I mean, that's really, you know, you've highlighted something that that warning tape is often used just for like danger. This area is a bit, but why don't we as people wear them? Like there are times when, you know, I've had a particularly spicy meal. I could wear warning tape on my bum and then people know (laughs) it's particularly hazardous, you know, or if you're feeling a bit sick or if you've got really horrible burps, you could wear it over your mouth. Maybe a traffic light system on your bum. If you wear, if you've got like, (laughs) if you've got, if you've got a green light and you're like, it's fine. I just had some toast. If you've got an amber light, it's just like, I had a curry, but it's fine. It was a tikka masala. It's creamy. It's for the British palate. Or if you have a red one, it's just like, whole, whole boy, have I had the most potent Malaysian curry going. <laughs> and then everyone, everyone would, no one would get in a lift with you. They'd all know it was too dangerous to stand behind you on, a, on an escalator. Uh, yeah. It's a yeah. Good. yeah, absolutely. And this, I don't know, I, I feel like we need to find a place to put a zebra crossing on your body somewhere as well. Oh, that's interesting. But again, who would that be for? Because I suppose I suppose for insects travelling from one side to the other, would or would it help for, for other people walking in front of you so they don't bump into well, you? Do you know what? It'd be good for the insects because sometimes I do have a beard. And so if, if the insects in my hair want to have a change of scenery, then I'm happy mm. for them to sort of go to my beard. So I, I do occasionally... Um, put a zebra crossing obviously uh, it, there are no zebras allowed there it would be a terrible day if i was hiding yeah. a zebra in my hair and the zebra had to walk down my face to my beard i would Oof. end up Oof. with hoof prints on my nose um but it's a it's a tiny zebra crossing um and it it goes sort of down down my forehead down my nose and then if the basically the insects have got to really want to get to my beard or my chin because they have to jump from my beard from my nose to my chin which right if you're a spider, easy. Yeah, if yeah. You don't shoot silk out of your bum, then oh, you're in trouble. Yeah, and also there's the issue, I suppose, if they do that, like say, as you need to cough, then you accidentally fire them across the room, and then they get lost. Yeah, they. Do. Oh god, I didn't think about that. Well, I, I do my best to hold it in when I can. I also just thought, what would happen if you fed curry to a spider? Would it then? Would it have like flaming silk coming out of its bum? Yeah, or webs made of diarrhea. (laughs) 
the most disgusting web you've ever seen. Yeah, just all these poor wasps and flies caught and it's going, kill me, kill me now. <laughs> uh, do, you, and then, do you think spiders, if they ate different stuff, would make different webs? Like, like if you had sort of, you know, if, if you just fed them like marshmallow fluff, would they get fluffy webs? You know, would, would that, is that a thing? If they ate spaghetti, would they make little webs of spaghetti? Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I, mate, have you not been on holiday to Italy? Just spaghetti webs, as far <laughs> as the eye can see. The really difficult one is, though, if you feed spiders um, fusily webs, you know, the little oh, spiral yeah. pastas, because, um, yeah, there's nothing worse than trying to corkscrew spider webs out of your bum. Because um, the bad thing is, because it goes, because this pasta twists round and round, as the spider passes the twisty web out, the spider spins round and round, to make right, it happen, gets really dizzy. But I'd have thought the best bit, though, would be for a fly trapped in that web. It then gets a helter-skelter sort of journey, doesn't it? It lands on it and yeah. goes, <laughs> just straight out the other side, which is brilliant. <laughs> the, re- the really tricky ones is having to get the spiders to um, spin lasagna sheets. That's Because re- they, do, they do that. <laughs> that's, that's like 3D printing with a spider. <laughs> That's really tricky. Yeah, and like, and you get those pasta shapes, don't you? Like, I know there's like frozen ones. It'd be quite mm-hmm. hard for them to sort of make a web out of little Elsas. And, yeah, uh... yes, it is. Well, that that's just Arctic spiders. Um, right, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I do, I do want. You know, if there are any spiders listening to this, I should just say, give it a go, right in, because it must get sort of quite boring just eating flies. And, you know, there must be times when spiders are maybe hanging around a restaurant and seeing people have a plate of pasta thinking, why why am I eating f- flies? I could have that. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, but the thing is, spiders are great traditionalists. They, they, they you know, they, they've always eaten flies. They will always eat flies. Obviously, for pudding, they are fruit flies. Um, mm, of course. Do you also, when you said any spiders listening to this, so spiders have eight legs. They've got mm. eight eyes. Do mm-hmm. spiders have eight ears? Oh, uh, I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question. You sort of hope they they did. You, I feel like they should have eight of everything, shouldn't they? Eight bums, eight ears, eight. Mm. Uh, they've got like sixteen knees, I suppose. But yeah, they. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they do have eight ears. Would they need four pairs of headphones? Yeah, you'd imagine. You'd imagine so. You'd imagine so. Um, would, but then, would it be? Would it be four pairs, or would it be one pair of octophones? Whoa. Yeah. But then, like, they could have one pair of headphones over, over one pair of ears, and then they could use other ears for, like, when their spider grown-ups go, dinner's ready, you know, so that then they're not missing out on, on dinner. Cause yeah, dinner's ready. Headphones. What's for dinner? It's fly bolognese. Oh. <laughs> fly bolognese. Yeah, grilled flies. It's probably quite limiting after it. Roast, roasted flies. Yeah, they Roast don't like, even do like how you can get like peanuts, different flavored peanuts now, so they're coated. And if, they don't even do like salt and vinegar flies or sort of peri peri flies. No, well, obviously, the thing is now because it's summer, you can have a uh, fly kebab where you. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, it's a little wooden stick, stick all the flies on there, roast it on the barbecue. Of course. Or if you want to slow roast it, then you can have pulled fly. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And how do you, yeah. do you just pull a fly? Yeah. <laughs> you, right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really horrible. Do you, what do you do? Sort of grab each end and just pull a fly. Well, no, like you can have pulled pork. So you, yeah. um, you, so you slow roast it, and then obviously the wings come off that easy because they always do. But then it means sure. it's 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 more um, it's it's mushier. 
It's you know because if you have a, if you have a, if you have roast fly, then you get you get a nice sort of um, mm. like a bit bit of fly breast. There's not there's not much there's not much leg on a fly. It's it's mostly sure. it's mostly sure. breast and, and to be honest, the wings are fairly papery. But mm. with pulled fly, you get it goes all um, mushy. It's like it's it's kind of like eating wet paper, but. <laughs> That's delicious. Yeah, and yeah. it has no nutritional value, and you are um, culturally appropriating from spiders. But other than that, sure. mm, delicious. Well, I mean, that sounds amazing. And it's interesting as well, you say, um, and I have to say, I'm so delighted, because I'm delighted that you came on the show, and I didn't expect this level of fly insect-based knowledge, you know, and, and I feel like a fool for not sort of mentioning your expertise in that in your accolades at the top. But, but you know, you mentioned fruit flies are for dessert. So my question would be, are green flies, like you have to have five of those a day to, yeah. to be healthy to supplement the normal flies? Is that how it, is that how it works? Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, May flies are obviously a, uh, only a seasonal good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as well. Um, dragonflies are quite the delicacy. Wow. They are, yeah, wow. they are. They're, they're basically, you only get dragonflies in Michelin-starred restaurants, and you've you've got to know what you're doing with them. Right. What about butterflies? Do you use them sort of spread on top of the other flies? Is that how that works? <laughs> yeah, you do. You do a, a lot of cooking with butterflies just to bring the flavour out. Right. Um, right. And yeah. of course, um, you stick horse flies in Finder's lasagna. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, of course. Of yes, course. 2015 called. It would like its reference back. <laughs> that that reference is older than some of our listeners. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to them asking their grown ups about that one. So, um, Ben, look, it's, it's sorry. It's lovely... I'm just. I'm just gonna pause for a minute of the <laughs> of them asking the grown ups about that. The grown ups explaining it, and just the kids going, "And you were fine with that, were you? Yeah. You were." <laughs> Hey, was... spiders eat flies, so I think it's all fine that people have eaten horses. But, yeah, uh... but spiders don't ride flies around tiny little racetracks. And... Which I think is a shame and a missed opportunity. It is, but also spiders are bigger than flies, so they'd have to have a fly for each leg. Anyway, no, it doesn't matter. Move on, yes, move on, yes. move on. Yeah, it's, yes, yes. Well, look, um, look, Ben, it's so it's so lovely ha- having you on the show uh, again, and, and thank you for having time in between all of your many uh, feats of incredible adventure um, to, to talk to us. And obviously, you know, I've asked you, I've asked you for a very specific reason. We've got a very specific question that I think you can answer. But before we get there, I have to, for admin purposes, I've got to ask you a couple of things, right? Um, The first one of which is, you know, you've been on the show before. It is an audio podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. Our listeners mostly listen to it with their ears. But as I say every week, they may want to listen to it with their ears, their bums. We don't discriminate. That's fine if they want to do that. Um, and so I just wonder, because it's an audio podcast, if you have a favourite noise that you could either um, tell us about or preferably even make. Um, I do have a favourite noise. Um, my favourite noise is this. <laughs> and that is the noise of an elephant ever so slightly deflating. That's amazing. That's. I yeah. mean, that was... Uh, that was, I mean, firstly, fantastic noise. Thank you very much. Very um, secondly, is that do they do they occasionally do, do people have to? I don't know if it's people or other elephants to have to go around reinflating them. Well, why do you think they've got trunks? That's what right. happens there. Yeah, it's sort it's sort of like um, 
what people don't know is, uh, obviously in this country, we have plug sockets that have got three pins and on the mm. continent, it's two pins. The main difference between African and Indian elephants that no one ever talks about is that African elephants have got two holes which plug into a little socket on the side of their mates. And Indian mm. elephants have three holes in their trunks which plug in right. to their mates. Right. That's, yeah. that's amazing. I suppose sort of they need different levels of, of air to, to inflate uh Depending yeah. on the species. Because it's not yeah. it's not fat, just elephants are full of air. If you if you yeah. completely deflated an elephant, it would just look like a huge grey clothes horse. But you um Wow. Yeah. Is that I mean that must be quite good for travelling though. If elephants want to travel long journeys, they just deflate themselves, pat themselves into a suitcase, and then when they get the other end, someone pumps them up and then they're a full size elephant again. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's it. But yeah. I mean, that's why you have ended up with so many elephants in zoos all around the world. They are surprisingly easy to uh, transport. Um, just like, you know, giraffes actually have collapsible necks. Is that right? Is that right? Where's where's the collapsible? Is it at the bottom of the neck or sort of midway? Does it just sort of fold over? It's it's hinged. Right, sure, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that is why, I, I, you know, if you see a giraffe where the hinge hasn't been put in and there's a windy day, its head just flops about all over the place, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> But also, it means that an unhinged giraffe can be used as a windsock <laughs> on the savannah. Yes, yes, it can. And an unhinged giraffe is definitely something people need to be uh, sort of aware of uh, and, and worried about, I'd have thought. Um, yes. Yeah, yes. All these, I mean, people don't, you know, I think you've highlighted with with your fantastic noise, just there are so many elements of, of especially these larger animals that people, people aren't aware of. I'm pretty sure that lions, you can just sort of... Um, you can just sort of zip zip file them, can't you? You can just sort of zip file a lion, and then, uh, you, yeah, yeah, and then you just sort of transport it on a USB. Yeah, well, s- same with tigers. Like the reason that they have stripes is um, not for camouflage; it's that actually it's a QR code, oh, so right. you can just scan it and then, <laughs> and then scan it in at the zoo, and the tiger just appears. Yeah, yeah, which is. I mean, it's remarkable, isn't it, how ahead of uh, that, you know, again, all our listeners will think QR codes have been around for six bazillion, trillion, million years. But actually, like Tiger's way ahead of uh, humans on that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's sometimes the evolution just it's just it's just waiting for human technology to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's well, you know, fantastic noise and and, and, and fantastic kind of uh, education on on. Safari animals. Um, I was just trying to think. I suppose zebras, same as tigers, aren't they? It's also a QR code. Yeah, uh, slightly different. Obviously, one. you don't want to mess that up. If you're filling up a zoo yeah. and you're decanting the tigers and decanting the zebras, yeah. and you accidentally decant a zebra into the tiger enclosure, uh oh. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be a, a terrible, awful, which I'm sure has happened. You know, these things have happened, and yeah. that's how we learn not not to see them again. Wow. Well, thank you, Ben. And and the other question that I have to ask you, um, you know, for the sake of this show, is, is simply is is a family friendly podcast. It's suitable for for listeners of all ages, um, any age you can imagine. Can you can you imagine an age? I wonder. Um, I can. I'm currently imagining the uh, Bronze Age. Yeah, absolutely. Totally suitable for the Bronze Age. Mm. Su- suitable for pretty much any age, uh, the Neolithic age, any age you can imagine apart from 100 years old. Not suitable for them. Long story. Every other age, totally suitable for. Um, so I just wanted to check that, you know, because of that, um, if there are any rude words you won't be saying on this um, Yeah, I've got a couple. I won't be saying Cumberbund. Oh, um, no. Oh, oh no. Just, just every single syllable of that is absolute filth. 
Um, so I won't be saying that. I also uh, won't be saying duffel hump. Oh no! Don't oh no! We would get banned. We'd get. We'd just be taken down. Uh, yeah, I'm. So, I, the last thing I want is for you guys to get cancelled. So I won't be saying duffel hump, or indeed yeah. uh, humple duff, which is the German no. for huffle dump. Yeah, which is actually I've heard worse. Um, depending on what context it's used, but I, I've heard it's far worse. And I, I wouldn't say huffle dump. Definitely not on this show. Good. And last of all, um, uh, um. Oh, what was what was the word now? It's do you know what my 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 brain has actually redacted the word from my mouth because wow, say it. yeah, I think I think it was sizzle flap, but I might be wrong. So your your brain has redacted the word because it's so it's so awful. It is. I think I think it was sizzle flap, but I could be wow, I could be wrong. Well, well, I, you know, but if it was, I mean, I don't think my brain would let me say sizzle flap. It's, it's such a horrendous word, Good. and and one that definitely shouldn't be said on this podcast, along with well, along with huffle dump. Um, yeah. You know, or Cumberband. None of those words sh- should be allowed anywhere near this podcast. So I thank you for not saying them. You're you're very welcome. I'm nothing if not a man of uh, politeness and integrity. Well, absolutely. That's what that's what we all say about you. All <laughs> um, now, listen. You know, the reason I've got you on the show is that you are an expert in many things, including obviously uh, housing glitter bugs and uh, QR codes on on animals. But 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 we've had a question sent in, and I think this is a question that the. Really, you're the only person that I know that could answer it uh, mm-hmm. correctly. Um, so uh, let me read this to you. Uh, my name is Annabella, but you can call me Bella. So that's nice. Um, I mean, it says you can call me Bella. We don't have to. It's like you can. You yeah, don't have not, to call her Bella. It's nice that there's options. Yeah, exactly. But she doesn't, she doesn't say if there's anything else we can call us. We can't call her like Smeller. We can't call her Anna Smeller. Or we can't call her like Billa Bolla. Like we have to call, I think those are the only two, you know. I think those are the only two options. So we'll go. I, you can choose as you're okay. answering the question. Um, and and she has asked, who had the first ever baby? Like the first, the first one ever, the first baby. Oh, who had, who had it? Who had the first baby? Strong question, Annabella. Mm. Um, now uh, that feels like a question that. The sentence isn't fully formed. Is it who had the first baby for breakfast? Who had the first oh. baby uh, in Europe? Who had the first baby in the universe? Who had the first baby ordered to them by mail? But I'm assuming yes. she just means who who made who made the first baby. Um, yeah, or maybe just who who had the first ever baby? Like who just who just sort of came home and went, oh, I've got I've got the first baby. It's you know so. Uh, it was uh, someone called Marjorie. Yes. Right. And Marjorie was um, obviously wasn't human because humans have only been around for about 200,000 years. Uh, and so the very, the very first organism was uh, an amoeba. Uh, and so Marjorie, the amoeba, which is a single celled uh, life form, had a baby amoeba, which is a tiny single cell um, and had even t- even smaller toys um, but still cried really loudly there's nothing worse than an amoeba crying right yeah so so Mar- marjorie had the first ever baby mm. and it was a baby amoeba so needed incredibly small nappies uh <laughs> probably yeah probably quite I, I don't yeah i don't really know what you what you need for a baby amoeba it's sort of probably quite hard to look after. It's pretty easy to lose. Like you've got, to, you you can't really lose. You've got to be careful with babies. Yeah, with a baby oh, amoeba. Where's yeah, it you, gone? Oh. 
Yeah, that's that's true. Well, she did get in a lot of trouble from the amoeba police from consistently losing yeah. her baby. But also, they were so small, she couldn't see them. So it was... Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a very it's tricky un- situation. Very tricky situation. Luckily, amoeba poo, very, very small as well. So nappy changing, uh, not a problem. Of course. Of course, that's a bonus. Yeah and, yeah, and also amoebas like a lot of very very small creatures they actually have loads of babies so she had the first baby who was called steve steve the amoeba and uh then after that she had a million more babies really quickly oh my goodness that must well that's that's exhausting a million babies all at once you'd be mm. exhausted yeah absolutely exhausted but like you say then they don't you don't really have to deal with their poo because their poo is too small and their crying's really tiny so actually it's probably quite easy yeah, broad, broadly speaking. I mean, you know, a lot of the kids didn't necessarily get one-on-one parenting from their mum. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I suppose, I don't know how quickly amoebas grow. Do they grow quite quickly or very slowly? Is it like, do they... Because I'd have thought, just there must be a brilliant point where all the amoebas go to school and Marjorie then can just sort of sit around and watch amoeba TV. Um, yes, yeah, they, they do grow pretty quickly. They, you know, they're, they're, they're of school age within a couple of weeks. So, uh, and then, uh, wow. yeah, and unsurprisingly, they, they, as animals, can you call an amoeba an animal? I don't know if you can. I, I have no idea. Do you know what? I'm going to be honest here. I've never met an amoeba, and I know that's awful of me because I do try and meet, you know, I, I'm sort of really open to meeting everyone and, and mm. having a chat with everyone, but I've never, I've never met an amoeba, not like out of choice. I've just never really stumbled across, I probably have stumbled across, I just didn't see it and trod on it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're saying that now, but I, I've heard the things you've said about amoebas. I know you're, I know, I know, I know you go out of your way to avoid them. You're not, you're, you're not, you're not welcome in the in the amoeba community. Well, no, I mean, you you say that. I just every every now and then, I do find it hilarious just how just how small they are. Like I just like I find it really funny that if I was to do a fart, I'd just blow away about four thousand amoebas. I can't believe you're size shaming amoebas. Well, but they're so tiny. They're like the tiniest, weeniest little <laughs> dudes, you know? Like, just think, imagine how much fun it would be to be that small, but also really tricky. Like, you couldn't eat an apple. It would be too big, you know? Uh, but uh, you could, like, use a straw as a brilliant slide. Oh, my word, that'd be amazing. I think you're underplaying amoebas. I think amoebas could eat an apple. It would just take a while. Although that would be a little bit like me going, hey, Tienan, do you want to eat the planet Mercury? Yeah, yeah, which, um, I mean, I would. I would give it a go, you know, I would give it a go. I've, I don't think it'd be that tasty. Would it? I oh. can't remember what Mercury's made out of, but it, is it mostly rock, isn't it? It's not a gas planet. It's not made out of farts like the other ones. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's, um, well, that's what, if, if a giant space spider ate one of the gas planets, then it would make uh, intergalactic fart webs. I just, sometimes, like... I just, I wish that would happen. I just, so like you just mentioned that and immediately my first thought was, I really hope that happened. I wouldn't want a giant Mate, intergalactic spider, but, you know. How do you think Saturn got its rings? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Is that spaghetti, spaghetti heap, like giant space yeah, spaghetti heaps? Eight, that eight is exactly spider. what it is. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's it was amazing. just, it was just a spider who was uh, pumping out, um, intergalactic spaghetti hoops and was just doing like a, a really sharp turn all the way around the planet like wow. a really really impressive bit of spider rally driving that's wow that's um yeah i mean the creation of everything is, is absolutely fantastic when, when you look at it when you look at it like uh 
you know, from the from the points of intergalactic spiders and what they've eaten. Um, and, and you know, and and I think it's a really fascinating answer you've given us with Marjorie having the first baby. But I just want to double check because you raised a good point that that Bella slash Annabella slash Annabella Bolabella she asked who had the first baby. It was a vague question, so maybe just quick fire. Can I go through some of the other options? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. And you could. So, who had the first of a baby uh, delivered um, by post? Oh, delivered by post, not by delivery. Oh, or delivery. Oh, yeah. Okay, go on. First by post, and then by delivery. Oh, so uh, the first one, the person who had the first baby delivered by post was uh, King Herod. Um, uh-huh. Let's not find out what he wanted to do with it when he arrived. And the first one uh, who had it delivered by Deliveroo was Jamie Oliver. Oh, yeah. That, that, that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Of course, of course it was Jamie Oliver. Um, okay. First one, uh, first person, or, or who had the first of a baby for lunch? Uh, a dinosaur. Right. right okay. Uh, who had the first of a baby disco? Uh, Nile Rogers. <laughs> Of course he did. That that makes he had the first of a baby hat. Uh who had the first baby hat? Uh Mr. and Mrs. Hat. They're very pleased, mother and baby doing well. Oh, that's that is that's a lovely story. I'm really, I, do you know what? I'm pleased to hear that because I'd heard about them and I, I hadn't heard the update, so I'm, I'm pleased to I'm pleased that that's all going well. Um who had the first ever um baby sausage? Um, a builder from the 7th century BCE uh, who needed to get himself going before building a ziggurat. Wow. Okay. That's which, wow, these are... if you don't know what a ziggurat is, it is basically a big tower that looks like a sausage. But it's a much better name than just big tower, isn't it? I'd like to, I, I think a ziggurat sounds, I'd like to call more towers ziggurats. Uh, yeah, me, t- me too. Also, I'd like to call more sausages ziggurats. Like, what are you having for breakfast? Are oh, fried eggs, ziggurat and chips? Yeah, would they have to be mini? Would you have to call them, like, mini ziggurats? If, uh, like, do ziggurats have to be a certain size? You are almost calling show? them cigarettes there, aren't you? Yeah, so yeah. mini, <laughs> having mini... Well, just let me advise, listeners, not to have uh, mini cigarettes for breakfast. Yes. But you could have mini ziggurats for breakfast. Yes, you could. They will be chewy, but delicious. Yeah, wow, that's, yeah. I've, it's just, like, sometimes when you say things like that, like, Ziggurat is a much better name for a, t- a tower is quite a boring name. And sometimes I wonder if, we, you know, like, it just makes me think that sometimes we've got some quite boring names for things when there are more exciting names out there. Like, oh, why yeah. aren't bridges called, like, Boogaroos? Well, true. Why aren't, uh... oh, do you know what? I was going to make something up, and then I looked in the corner of my room with my piano, and I'm going to tell you one of my favourite facts, which, um... Uh, Pigeon English, which is basically uh, a country for listeners that don't know, a country where English isn't their nor- their, their their traditional language, but they uh, right. have made their own version of English. They call pianos, or there is a country that calls pianos. Old man, you hit his white teeth, he be happy. You hit his black teeth, he be sad. Wow, wow, that's quite. That would be quite hard to put on a name badge like a piano convention. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, isn't it? But I like it. It's a really fantastic name. I didn't realize. I I feel like it. I feel like a fool because I thought pigeon English was was when pigeons spoke English. So what do they call pigeon? What do they call it when pigeons speak English? Um, pigeon English isn't what pigeons speak. Rat wing language. Right, rat. Right, okay, right, and right, okay. 
so they they speak rat wing language when they when they coo in English. Then what do flying rats speak when they speak English? Um, they speak um, they speak pigeon English, which the uh, the pigeons wow. find very confusing. That's really confusing. I sometimes the world is just too complicated, Ben. It, I, you it, know, it is. It really yeah. is. Well, well, you know. Well, thank, thank you for coming on the show, and making it le- less complicated. You, you know, you've answered, you've answered uh, Annabella, Bella, Bella, Annabella, um, her question, which was very important. Yes, and I appreciate that. And I think we can, you know, whether it's Mister and Mrs Hat or Marjorie, I think you've answered pretty much every possible area uh, that she might need to know. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think uh, I'd, I'd like to hope that my expertise in first babies has been put to good use. Mm. Oh, do you know what, though? I didn't ask you, who had the first ever baby bell? Oh, the first ever baby bell, uh, that was baby Big Ben. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes absolutely sense. Yeah, 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 of course. Of course, thank you. So I just, I suddenly realised, hadn't answered that one. And, you know, that may be the one that Bella meant. I didn't want to, I didn't want to miss out. Um, well, listen, thank you. It's, it's a joy to have you on the show. If, if you've got um, a bit busy week ahead, I presume, with all the sort of Kiwi finding uh, and... Uh, yeah, you know. I do. Well, the um, obviously the the problem is with the Kiwi finding is that I thought when I was asked by the International Kiwi Hide and Seek Committee that they wanted me to find the fruits, but they mm. actually meant the birds. And right. so I, before I go and find all of the birds, I've got to go and replace all of the kiwis that I have found and collected. Ah, uh, oh, I know. That's tough. And it's the worst way around, isn't it? Because most of the kiwis, the birds, are in New Zealand, whereas the kiwi fruits are everywhere. So yeah. that's yeah. Oh, I'm going to spend the weekend replacing a, kiwis. Yeah, that's a long that's a, a long weekend for you. That's going it to is. be quite tiring. Yeah, You're going to have to start early. I, think. I am. Yeah, yeah, and probably also going to have to comb all those kiwis' hair. So you know, to to put them back in the condition they're in, give them a little comb. Yeah, they do. Um, they do like a nice middle parting as well. Yeah, they love very. It. Yeah, they do. But if you're ever if you, if you, if you're ever sad uh, at the supermarket, just go to the kiwi basket and just give them a little rub. Yeah, it's just lovely, isn't it? Yeah, it's like really little, nice. Yeah, I, I have to think about drawing a face on one, keep it as a pet. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like a. Uh, yeah. To be fair, they a lot of kiwis. If you draw a face on them, look like unevolved Pokemon. Right. Yeah, yeah. If, if you do that, or if you if if your if your little brother wants a dog but he can't afford one, a couple of cocktail sticks through an aubergine, put some oranges on the side as wheels <laughs> slash legs, tie a rope around it and pull it along, and you got a little ober ober dog. These are these are amazing tips, Ben. Thank you. I I I hope many of our listeners do get ober dogs, and also I do hope many of our listeners don't wait for kiwis to evolve into uh, whatever their next stage of Pokemon evolution is. It, it could take some time. Um, or, or worse, you end up with some sort of terrifying kiwi creature that's, that's roaming around, uh, destroying stuff. So just be careful. All I'm saying to listeners, be careful. You know, as ever with these podcasts, you just have to he- heed caution with some of the things that are recommended. Um, but you know, thank you, Ben. Thank you so much for your, your wisdom, your expertise, and and for answering uh, answering Annabella's uh, Annabella Bella Bella Annabella Bella's question. And uh, good luck uh, with with the kiwi re- replacement um, uh, weekend. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Ben van der Veffen. Oh, it's, it's okay, Jimmy Lid. I'm, I'm back now. Oh, that lid really suits you. 
Yeah, I, I found that one. Um, it just fits perfectly over my ears. It's very snug. So uh, thanks to Ben for answering Bella's very important question. And Bella, I do hope you like the answer. Uh, if not, why not pop it in a container and pop a lid on that and then throw it in the bin so I don't have to hear it. Don't throw lids in the bin, kids. Yeah, okay, sure, sure, Jimmy. Um, if you have any questions you want answering on the show, uh, you want to enter the uproar competition from previous weeks, send in jokes or whatever you like, really, then get your drafty grunge faces, <laughs> I'm sorry, grown-ups, to help you email me at podcast at comedyclubforkids.co.uk. Don't forget our Radio Nonsense live show on October 26th at the Southbank Centre in London, and you can grab tickets to that at southbankcentre.co.uk or in the link at the podcast blurb. Will there be any lids there? I mean, the South Bank Centre has a pretty big lid over it. I suppose it's a roof, but it's kind of a lid, isn't it? Oh, wowie! And you can check our other Comedy Club for Kids shows at comedyclubforkids.co.uk or buy our T-shirts, which come in many sizes. Like lids! Well, yes, exactly, just like lids, um, but, you know, softer. And uh, they are at comedyclubforkids.store. Now, Tiernan, have you ever thought about being a lid? Not really. I'm quite happy being host of Comedy Club for Kids. Surely if you're Comedy Club for Lids, you don't have to be a lid to do it. Because I'm not a kid. I'm sort of, I suppose, like a big kid, like a big kid with a beard. But I'm not a kid and I can host Comedy Club for Kids. So I suppose you can still host Comedy Club for Lids without being a lid. Do you? Can you? Can you? Of course you have to be a lid. And looky here, a perfect tin and shaped tub that really needs a lid. I don't, I don't want to sit on that tub. Thank you. I'm I'm very happy looking around. Sit on the tub, Tiernan! Uh, okay. And what's, what's inside the tub? Don't ask questions about the tub! Just sit on the tub! Be a lid! Oh, oh no. I, okay, I'll do it. You're a real lid now! Bye! You have been listening to Comedy Club for Kids Presents! Radio nonsense, radio nonsense, radio nonsense, radio nonsense, it's the end.